Welcome to Pursue Excellence, the digital show. I am your host, Taylor Alexis. I am so excited for today's show. We have special guests, y'all. As you know, Pursue Excellence is a show supporting and interviewing small businesses and brands, highlighting their journey, their successes, and their stories, their encouraging stories. So this show, Pursue Excellence, airs bi-monthly on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So be sure to tune in. We air live on YouTube and on Facebook. So make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, like our video, follow and like our video on Facebook. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. So on today's episode, we will be interviewing the co-founders of Carnival, Danny and Luke. And we will get into the interview right after this commercial break. Diverse stories that tell what it means to be black. They say the roots never lie and they keep the spirit intact. Narrating a culture that transcends the skies and the seas, capturing a lifestyle with too many shots for just one scene. This is Maurice Magazine. Welcome back to the show. Make sure y'all support Aim to Be and Maurice Magazine. And with that, let's get introduced to Carnicycle, y'all. So Carnicycle is made up of a group of entrepreneurs who strive for social impact and environmental awareness. Their team is made up of individuals from Trinidad and Tobago, as well as Bermuda, with varied backgrounds in subjects such as engineering, culinary arts, biotechnology, and crafting. Carnicycle's mission is to bridge the gap between carnival culture, carnival, and other festivals, and sustainability through their recycling services, partnerships, eco-tips, and shop. Let's watch this short clip to familiarize ourselves with carnival and carnicycle, and then we will introduce Danny and Luke onto the show. Like you're ready, sweet, so mad, oh my, sweet, yeah. 
have got y'all excited for our interview. And let's welcome co-founders of Carna Cycle, Danny and Luke, to the show. So welcome, Danny. Welcome, Luke. Thank you both for coming on to the show. How are you doing today? We're doing, I'm doing great. Um, that song, I love that song. I, it made me hype for this interview. <laughs> Good. Luke, how are you feeling? All right. It seems like we may be having some technical difficulties. However, we will just get right into the interview. So Danny, hopefully Luke can come back and connect with us soon. But Danny, how did, tell us how Carnicycle got started. Um, yeah, definitely. So, so Luke and I, um, we met each other in high school in Tobago, and basically we all we both had a passion for sustainability and the environment. From my standpoint, I didn't like not recycling. I didn't like throwing litter on the on the streets, especially growing up in an island. I didn't like, you know, messing up the beautiful earth that's not even ours. And then from Luke's standpoint, um, he was into like animals and the biodiversity and the wildlife. And we were just trying to combine our passions and create a business in Tobago. And so um, after going through several different business plans, um, we landed on Carnicycle one night. Um, we just started thinking about Carnival. The thought of Carnival really just entered our head randomly and would not leave. And so after some investigation, we looked into Carnival and realized that this beautiful cultural event is totally unsustainable. <laughs> and that this mechanism, well, Carnival could be the mechanism we can use to promote our sustainability um, message and create a business out of it um, with the materials that are used during Carnivals every year all around the globe. So that's kind of how we started. <laughs> oh, wow. That's so exciting. So how many carnivals have you gone to? Like what made you think of recycling the costumes from Carnival? So, so far, so we started Carnival in November, 2018 and our first carnival was in April, 2019. So just a couple months after we came up with this idea. And so far we've done four carnivals. So we did, our first carnival was in Jamaica, but we've also done these recycling campaigns in Barbados, in Miami, as well as our home Trinidad and Tobago. And so we realized that every year, so for carnivals, you there are costumes that are produced and year after year there are new designs and you cannot enter into a costume parade or a band we call them without buying a new costume so you know there's over 50 plus carnivals in the world and they vary as small as like a thousand persons to like 60,000 people in Trinidad and Tobago so we're like what happens to 60,000 costumes every year? <laughs> we are sure because we played um, Carnival before and we've had friends and family played that 
everyone does not keep their costume. Um, my mom is a serial carnival chaser and she does not keep her costume. So we're like, how many other people are there like my mom who don't keep it? And that's how we kind of landed on it. Um, we took a survey of a lot of people who attend carnivals and asked them what they did with their costume afterwards. And that's when we were able to start gathering data on the fact that people don't keep all of their pieces or they throw it away completely. Mm-hmm. And that's the best part about starting a business is at first gathering that data to make sure, you know, there's a want and need for the business you're about to begin. So yes, shout out to Danny and Luke. That is so exciting. So tell us about the initiatives of CarnaCycle. So our mission is to bridge the gap between sustainability and Caribbean culture through um, environmental advocacy and costume recycling. So um, what that means is uh, we seek to educate persons, so stakeholders of carnival, so people actually putting on various events during the carnival season, as well as patrons, so people participating in the parade or as spectators and how they can be sustainable in various ways. And those ways include like sustainable tourism, like how you travel from carnival to carnival, um, using like green search engines, um, what you bring to the island, how you can support local businesses. So we're educating people from that standpoint. And then the other standpoint is um, uh, recycling the costumes. And so when, when you recycle your costume, we're hoping to create a circular economy where materials are um, created and used um, over and over and over. So it's not a linear process where you create um, you create these costumes, people wear them and then throw it away. Um, what we're trying to do is people wear these costumes, we break down the costumes, we recycle it and we sell them back to either mass bands or um, artisans locally and they're able to reuse that material over and over. And um, in addition to just selling the materials, we upcycle them. So like you showed in the picture, um, we make earrings and I have some on right now. And yes. also make neat things like this purse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's what we're able to do. Um, and you see there, that's a reusable straw. So, you know, one of the most, uh, I guess, bad items on a list when you go to a party is using um, a plastic straw or cup to hold your drinks in. And so, we sell items like that to encourage people to take a reusable cup to parties. And we did it before. So people, it's allowed. And we're like trying to highlight that there are alternatives to having fun, but saving the earth at the same time. Exactly. And creating fashion out of it. Like you're making it fashionable at the same time. I love that bag. I love your earrings. Wow. And so you make, those yourselves? The I actually do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so actually, um, I've always had like this uh, art streak in me or this like creative like spirit in me. And so we basically 
came across a problem. So we were collecting um, feathers, which are commonly used in carnival costumes. And once we sent them to this company to clean them, you know, not all the feathers are perfect. Some come back broken. So we're like, what do we do with these broken feathers? So instead of throwing them away, we're like, let's upcycle them and sell them too. So it's just another uh, income stream for our business. Exactly. Wow, that is so smart. What what are some of the challenges you all encountered during your journey? So there's been a lot. <laughs> but um we have a big team, like a big crowd of supporters who um, are pushing us and are with us all the way. Our major challenge is one that is commonly seen across the environmental industry. And that's just uh, changing people's mindset, um, increasing their awareness and getting them to understand that our current way of living, consuming and such is uh, detrimental to our future you know what i mean so it's really changing people's mindset and you know a driving factor behind carnival was that carnival is a an event that evokes freedom positivity um and liberation and we know that psychology says that um people respond more to positivity and positive images in terms of trying to make behavioral changes versus like seeing images of like dying polar bears and melting ice caps and those are so real but it doesn't help us change our behaviors so um trying to change people's minds you know their mindset and get them to understand the real problem without making them feel bad is like a challenge that's really hard to overcome and um, mm -hmm. that challenge is not just seen across people attending Carnival, but the people, you know, throwing the events. Like they don't think it's a big deal to use a bunch of plastic or, you know what I mean? So it's like mm -hmm. influencing everyone in the Carnival sphere's like mindset. <laughs> exactly. No, and it's really hard to change someone's mindset, especially because that you have to think about the way they were raised, the characteristics that were ingrained in them. So yes, I can definitely see that being a challenge. How was it when you completed your first sale and received your first donations? Oh my gosh. We were so like, we were so ecstatic because our first sale was actually not even in the carnival industry. It was in the burlesque industry. So, you know, that's the cool thing about business. You're learning every day. So the burlesque industry, um, for their performances, they use a lot of feathers, the same type of feathers used in carnival costumes. And so our first sale was to a burlesque costume designer, and she bought a bunch of our feathers. And we were so excited, like, we jumped for joy. <laughs> um, it was just so amazing. And that was just the first, like, you know, affirmation like you know that this could actually be a, a legit business and that you know there are people who want our items and are willing to buy recycled items so it was it was so awesome <laughs> yes luke i'm glad you're hey, able to guys. join us oh my god hey. <laughs> <laughs> no it's fine we're just danny was just explaining how 
you all felt when you received your first donation and made your first sale? Yeah, it it is it was is a challenging process and um because it's such like a niche new idea, um it takes it take a while for persons to kind of get familiar and understand what we're doing. Some people still do quite, you know, understand or probably with the whole concept of sustainability and how we need to start making these changes from now. I think as Danny mentioned in some about the mindset of our culture mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And that is definitely true. That was definitely one of our major challenges. So like, when we start getting time. Yes. Thank you. It's definitely hard, like you said, to change people's mindset. I'm so glad you are were able to be successful and continue to be successful. This was only the first half of the interview. We will get into the second half of the interview right after this commercial break. Save 10% off your entire purchase by using code TaylorAlexis at checkout at thelipbar.com. That's using code TaylorAlexis at checkout at thelipbar.com. Now that's a lip, sis. Welcome back to the show. We are interviewing Danny and Luke, co-founders of Carnicycle. Let's bring them back onto the show. So we are in the second half of the interview. Danny, Luke have been dropping gems, y'all. We had some technical difficulties, but we got Luke back. So we are going to roll on with the interview. So what motivates you and keeps you inspired to keep pushing through the challenges? I was going to let Luke take it since I've been talking y'all ears off. <laughs> Sorry. What motivates and inspires you all to push through the challenges? I guess it's all love for sustainability. Um, at a very young age, well, my motivation, I have to say, um, I always was in love with nature, always like outdoors. I've all been surrounded by nature. I live in the countryside right now, near stream, near beach. And it's just about my admiration for nature that really got me started. And then that would have carried me through into school. When I picked my courses, it would have been science to get me involved in more courses that deal with environmental and sustainability. That is why I chose biotech and UE. So it's just, it's really started off for my admiration for nature and just loving that greenery that would have kept me, driven me into this type of business and keeps me mm -hmm. going. Yes. They say passion drives success. What about you, <laughs> Danny? <laughs> yeah, no, it's the same. Um, my love for both education and sustainability um, allows me to keep going even when I don't feel like it. Um, and as I mentioned before, our support system is impeccable. Um, our family and friends and even people who we recently met in the carnival industry 
are really just um, trying to give us all the tools and resources we need and connections to make it. So that has really just been encouraging when we have like, you know, lacked fuel. Uh, and lastly, like uh, my faith. <laughs> so. Amen. Yes. So what criticism, if any, have you received during your journey? Well, so in the Caribbean, social enterprise are a relatively new thing. So for those who don't know, social enterprises are businesses that strive to make a social impact um, foremost. So we're striving to do something for the people, for the earth. And so um, that's commonly been associated with nonprofits. And so we still sometimes uh, get funny looks or criticism, like, why aren't you a nonprofit? Like, why are you taking money and, you know, you know, asking for different things. And so that's been some criticism that we've gotten um, over the years. It's a lot less now um, as, you know, social enterprises are starting to become more popular, but that was definitely a big one. But we fully believe that you can do good and make a, a life out of giving and making an impact um, while making a profit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's the thing about giving is that the giver also has to live a life, you know, at some point and be able to take care of themselves and, the, and their families. Um, so people have to think about that as well. That is awesome. What about you, Luke? I'm sorry, I was disconnected. Oh, no, it's okay. Um, I was just saying, how have you handled any criticism that came your way or have you experienced any criticism during your journey? All right, so it still seems like... Oh, wait, Luke, can you hear us? Is everyone hearing me? Okay, so we'll, we'll yes. get... Yeah, I'm okay. here for you, but I think... That... All right, so we'll get the technical difficulties with Luke Good. sorted out. So Danny will continue on with the interview. So what's your favorite Danny? part about being a co-founder of Karma Cycle? Uh, my favorite part has to actually be meeting people, oddly enough. <laughs> Besides the actual recycling, meeting people, mm -hmm. getting to talk to people like you and, you know, just various different persons were able to network through the process. Um, that's one of my favorite parts um, because I'm just by, you know, by heart, a people lover. Mm -hmm. I love to talk. I love to listen. Um, you know, you're, I love to build relationships. And so 
that's actually one of my favorite parts, just being able to connect to different people. Um, the other part is that um, we realized through being able to sell a lot of the parts of the costume at such a discounted price, how it's helping enabling other people's businesses. So a lot of what we recycle, such as, you know, the bras and the gems and the feathers that are in these pictures, a lot of artists, these are expensive items to import to our country and other Caribbean countries. And so being able to give um, that to someone at an affordable price so that they can make money and they can make a living is very rewarding. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. That is truly inspiring. So what are some other ways? And we just, you just said a little bit how people can donate with bras. What are some other items people can donate? How can viewers get involved? So people can get involved by first following us on social media um, because that's where all information about our upcoming events, um, our upcoming uh, yeah, our upcoming virtual and in-person events will be will take place. So they can always start there. Um, that's also where we um, shed a lot of light to a lot of environmental problems. And so they can also get educated on any of our social media platforms. Other ways they can get involved is by um, spreading uh, the message. So the more people who know about our initiative, then the more successful we'll be at creating this larger circular economy. So the more materials we have to flow in the network is the more, you know, our mission will work. And um, lastly, if you don't have um, use for your carnival, co carnival costume anymore, you can always, um, reach us on social media and uh, recycle it with us. So we would love to recycle your costume and have the materials go in a better place. So. <laughs> <laughs> so get involved, everyone. Danny just listed out the ways we can contribute to Carnicycle. And so Danny, lastly, what advice or what is your greatest lesson learned from being a business owner and co-founder? Let me think about that for a second. Because <laughs> there's been a lot of lessons. Um, coming from a non-business background, um, but growing up, uh, my parents are entrepreneurs, so I got some of that entrepreneurial spirit from them, I believe. Uh, but um, I would say one of the biggest um, lessons that I've learned is that foundation is um, really important, but it's not key because we didn't have, neither Luke and I had a solid foundation in business. So to a lot of persons who think that's a deterrent from them being able to start a business. I just think once you have the attitude of being able to learn and then that's fueled by passion and support, you can literally achieve your wildest dreams. And so I was honestly scared a little bit, even though I had, you know, 
people around me in my close network that were entrepreneurs, I was still scared of, you know, just going to the business world because I just have like a completely science mindset. <laughs> Same with Luke, but you know, I think our willingness to learn and ask for help, which is another important thing that people should always do, just ask for help. Close mouths do not get fed. Um, those are some two really important lessons that I've learned um, about being a business owner. <laughs> Thanks, Danny. <laughs> and Luke, if you can hear us, hopefully you can. All right, Luke, can you hear us? All right, so do you have any upcoming events? Um, Oh. Okay. Yes. He's not sure if we're hearing him. Yeah, I don't think we can hear him. So we might have lost Luke again. Um, so our last question, Danny, do you have any events, donations, or drives coming up? Yes. Um, thank you so much. He was just going to say it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we have a couple of events coming up. This Sunday, we have a webinar on uh, period poverty in Trinidad and Tobago, as well as sustainable menstrual products. So if you don't know about what are some sustainable alternatives to your menstrual products, we partnered with this group called Feminine. Um, and they're um, an NGO that's trying to eliminate period poverty in our country. And so we're partnering with them. We had a event last week on bra waste and recycling. And so I'm looking forward to this informative webinar. Then on the 27th of March, we are hosting another upcycle market where you can come and recycle your costumes at the Radisson Hotel in Trinidad and Tobago. And we and also purchase some recycled carnival costumes. And lastly, on April twelfth, we have a webinar on carnival and the circular economy. So a lot of information will be spread soon. <laughs> wow, I'm really looking forward to your webinars and your events. Please keep us posted. We're going to continue to support. Thank you again for your time and coming on to the show. And we'll talk soon. Thank you so much, Taylor. <laughs> of course, thank, thank you. you. <laughs>
Make sure y'all go follow Karna Cycle on social media. Stay in the loop and stay updated with their upcoming events. So sad we couldn't get Luke. He was having some technical difficulties. We were able to hear him a little bit of the time. Hopefully we will have them back on the show and we will get Luke connected later down the line. So now we will get into our good news segment. So today's good news, yes y'all, get excited. So today's good news goes out to John Tay Lee, who is a STEM educator. He's a high school chemistry teacher at Calvin Coolidge High School. During the pandemic, we all know students were forced into virtual learning. And so John Tay turned his kitchen into a chemistry lab and used his own money to buy and deliver supplies for his 35 students. And then he got to teaching. He became known as the Kitchen Chemist and his videos have since gone viral and he has been featured as an Amazon hero. Let's watch this short clip of him explaining why he does this and how he got started. Doing learning from home, I took a whole bunch of stuff from my classroom and be, because I wanted my students to have a familiar environment when they log into my online classroom. Because when students are in a familiar environment, their anxiety decreases and then their learning increases. So anything that I can do to support the learning and of my students. Shout out to Jonte Lee, y'all. I don't want to mess his name up, Jonte Lee. We need more teachers like him out here being the kitchen chemist, going above and beyond to teach our students. As he said, this is how they will remember work and remember lessons being taught to them by being in a positive environment, being with a teacher who cares. So thank you, thank you. That is our good news for today. And it's a wrap, y'all. Make sure y'all tune in next week. We have our next guest. Eunice Kofi Obang. She is the founder, chief cosmetic chemist at Nueki, which is an innovative skincare company for people of color. So tune in next Wednesday, March 24th on YouTube and on Facebook at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, y'all. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, like our page, Thank you to the Union Media Group for providing the live stream software services. And it's a wrap, y'all. Peace, love, and blessings.